Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. My name is Lou. Um, What an intro, Pastor Daz. Thank you. What an incredible church fest. Hello to everyone online. If you're in Armidale, Gaira, um, or Gunnada, yeah, Gunnada. Um, I am renowned for pronouncing things wrong, even throughout the Bible, but I say that's what the congregation is there for. You are to participate and help me out as well. So feel free to holler at me. Um, Pastor Bron and Darren, first I want to say thank you so much, the chapel, the chapel collective, because you really release Pastor Darren and Bron to do the most incredible job throughout our movement. They are so well loved, but you are blessed because you release them. This house continues to be blessed. I actually have a word for you guys I didn't share early, um, earlier. I had it from yesterday that you are both truly a mother and a father in the house, not only in this house, but the wider the body. And what's distinctive of a mother and a father is they genuinely want to see their kids win. They're happier. If their kids are succeeding, they are happier. That's what a true parent is joyful when their children win. You are true mothers and fathers in the house. And I saw you cheering on pastors. And, and, you know, when you teach your kids to ride a bike, if you've done that, it's interesting. And you're like, you're holding on at the back and you say go and you're really holding on there's a time when you let go and they fall over sometimes and I saw you guys in the spirit saying go again get up go again and encouraging people who have fallen off the bike to say go again you can do this and really being a true mother and father in the house and and you're all right and this is incredible about you guys that you're not the ones at the front but that you have been the ones that have said go and really pushed and raised up the next generation it's significant those who you you are raising up and it's it's a really really beautiful thing get up keep riding keep planting another thing about parents is that they see the unique god gift on the life of children when other people don't see it like we see it in our kids don't we we're like my kids are amazing you're going to see the god gift in people that other people aren't going to see it, and it's going to be just a supernatural thing so That's for you guys. And also the worship in this church is so pure and it has the ability to crack the atmosphere, like absolutely crack the atmosphere. I just enjoyed your worship so much today. And was it Belle? Belsey, is that who was singing? When she began to pray about healing in the worship, I really believe that that will be something that happened. Hello. Um, that will happen w- during worship. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues in worship in my church before I even knew it was a thing. Like I started speaking tongues. I didn't even know it was a thing. I'd heard other people do it, but I believe that your worship, people will be healed in their body. You'll have testimonies come out of this place that before a word was preached that people will receive from God. Um, And I declare that over this place, but you sense it in the spirit today. And I believe, my goodness, you're blessed. It is beautiful, beautiful worship. 
Now today, my message, I come um, and I stand here not as a polished preacher, but as an example of the grace of God. Um, And I believe that my whole ministry is the fact that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that is why he has chosen to use me. I'm the least in my family. I was the youngest and I was the worst. And I think God just seems to do things with the youngest children. Um, So... But middle kids are great and also firstborn. So, and then if you've got five or six, bless you. Um, okay, my title today is Build for Eternity. Or if you don't like that title, you can also say Wise People Build or just Build. All right, so take of three. But my first point is the blueprint is family. Now, throughout the Bible, we get this picture of what it's like to be a part of the church. And we're constantly told different pictures. You're the body of Christ, that we are his garden, that God is the gardener, that not only ourselves individually, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but collectively we're being built in to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Every single illustration, every picture, every language around what it is to be a part of the family of God, it doesn't cancel each other out. It actually gives weight and more understanding. They actually complement and encourage each other. And what I love about the Bible is though when these letters, particularly that were written in the New Testament, the day in which they were written to was so different to today. But the language that God used, I don't even know what the word I was trying to say then, the language God was using to describe the body is universal and still makes sense to us today when we think about a physical body and when we think about a building, the language is universal and that's what I want to speak into today. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have a, fair, a photo of my family, um, which we might throw up just so you can see. I made a great choice and married an Indonesian man. And I say to my children, you thank me for your skin tone. They tan incredibly. And I'm like, I've made a good choice for you. Um, so eldest is Stevie Love, middle child, um, pulling the fish face, although... It's a sore point. They look like twins because the youngest is nearly the same age, but there's two years between them. Um, so Evander Hope in the middle and then Raphael, my youngest, Rafa, um, who I thought we thought we were amazing parents. We had our first two girls and like I'd look at other people. I'd think, oh, your kids are out of control. If I could only help you. Um, and then I had Rafa and I realized I actually have done so much repenting, right? You have kids and then you just are repenting of all the judgment that you've cast on other parents. And particularly, I've been on high alert for um, his five now for about five years, thank God, for school. Um, and he's in school now. And I believe his guardian angels go to bed at night missing a few feathers and are just like, thank God. He's in bed. He's in bed. He's sleeping. I call him perpetual movement. But he is greatly called by God. So that is my aside. That's my family. Saved at 18. Um, radically turned my heart for Jesus, went to Bible college, didn't know I could become a pastor. When I finished Bible college, ended up on staff, had no idea there was an issue with women in ministry. Two people left the church. That was when I found out that there was an issue. Um, And then 11 years later, took on the leadership of leading our church. There's much in between that, but God is good. That's me. But I have a heart for the local church. 
This message I'm going to preach to you is everything within my bones for the local church. So the blueprint is family. 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul says to Timothy, if I'm delayed, you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, in God's family, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. You're a part of a home. It's a family. It's a household. This is not an organisation. This is not a club. This is not a business. This is a family. We are building the household of God. Jesus said that when we're born again, that we're born into his family, that to make a decision to follow Jesus, we have this language of being born of water, born of the Spirit, but born again, that we're adopted into the family of God. Bad news for some of you that were hoping it was just you and God. (laughs) You think, yeah, I can take God, that'll help me. I'll be connected to the creator of the universe. And you're like, We have to do life together. We've been called, the Bible says we belong to each other, that we actually need each other to build this family. It's the blueprint is family. He has designed it that way. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, and I've chosen the message translation. Sometimes I love the language. I know it's a paraphrase, but when I feel that it fits with everything else that other translations say, I feel confident to use it. And this one is just really, I love... um, the language of it. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. It's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home and he's using us all irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building That was a whole sentence that I paused in. I shouldn't have. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundations. And now he's using you, fitting you together brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. uh, All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home. Brick by brick, we're being built in. I actually love that you have a brick fireplace to behind me. I want you to look at the bricks, how they're closely together they are built in. You have been called, none of us have been called to be outside of this picture. We're called, we're all called to be built in to the temple of God. It belong, this calling is mine as much as it is yours. Not just because I'm a pastor and a leader doesn't mean that I haven't been called to be built in built in brick by brick. They are so close, they're overlapping and they're touching. How close are we called to be together? Jesus prayed that we would be one as they are one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is so close. It's so, the mystery, it's mind boggling how intimately connected our triune God is. And yet that's his prayer for us. I think biblically, and, and heart-wise, we all say yes and amen. We say, I want to be connected into the family of God. Relationally, I seek relationship with people from the moment that we are born, from the moment that we're a baby. We're looking for a face to connect with, someone who is glad to be in my presence. We seek relationship from the moment that we are a baby. But the reality, if anyone's been a part of church for any number of years, the reality and the practicality of building the family of God 
It's hard. Some of you in this message right now, maybe listening online, maybe you're at home because you prefer to be away from people and you think, I like this sort of church. The reality and the practicality is it's hard. Building and doing life with people is hard and there's lots of challenges. It's not for the faint-hearted building the house of God. But I want to speak to your hearts this morning. I encourage you, even if there's wounding in there, open up your heart to God to speak a fresh message to you this morning. I'm going to give you some of the benefits because it is your strongest position within your faith to be built into the body of God. It is your strongest position. I'm going to give you a few quick points for that. We know this is a no-brainer. God commands a blessing where there is unity. We know that for a fact. The Bible says that people literally know that Jesus is real by the way we love each other. Isn't that easy evangelism? That is like the easiest evangelism. That is how I ended up in church. My brother started going to Pentecostal church. Do you know what's so funny is my brother really hated me. He was so frustrated. He used to say, because I had a shopping issue and I'd take my parents' credit card, he'd be like, you're spending all my inheritance. And he would complain about me in connect group. He'll complain about me. And then someone said, maybe you should start praying for your sister. Anyway, he said he must have started praying for me. But I started to hang out with the people from the church while I'm like, I'm partying hard with a, with an unsaved boyfriend. I'm living so far out of the, the church. Just by being around these people who had God in them, the way they treated each other and the way they treated me, loved me back into the kingdom. It was the example of Christ in them and in their relationships. I thought, I want these people to ask me to church. I didn't know they wanted to invite me. It's funny. Sometimes we think people don't want to come. We say they're no for them. And here I was sitting there thinking, I really hope they ask me to hang out. And they probably thought I thought I was too cool, but I definitely wasn't. And when I'm finally, when I'm built into the body, I have access to all the resources in the body. You know, our natural body, if we, if we get a cut, the body then responds and sends all the resources and sends all the healing. I'm not a doctor, so, you know, Google it, whatever things get sent. But we all know the general gist of it. Being a part of the family of God... When you are in crisis, when you are an issue, if you have truly built yourself in, do you know how easy it is to get a meal train for you? If you've been loving on people and then you find yourself in crisis and I say, my friend Sarah, and they'll say, which Sarah? There's so many Sarahs in this church. Um, I just thought it was a point. I've met so many women called Sarah. Um, and they go, yeah, yeah, I love her. She's so kind to me. She always says hi to me. I'm, yeah, I'll jump on that meal train. I hear you're in crisis, but you've been building into my life. I'm going to get on my knees and intercede on behalf of you. The, the body will then respond and you have resources get sent to you. There is benefit being built into the body. It wasn't until I had my third son, Rafa, and he stopped breathing when he was born multiple times. They were transferring us from our local hospital to the children's hospital. And they were like to me, don't worry, this like never happens. But if he stops breathing, we'll pull over and we start, we'll have to, you know, perform, um, resuscitate him. And before we even got over our local bridge, which would be similar to your bridge, um, before we got over, they pulled over and they started counting one, two, three. I just burst into tears. And then it happened three times. And I thought, I have to message my senior pastor. At that time, I was just on staff. I messaged him, I said, can the church pray? I think we're going to lose Raph. He keeps stop breathing. After I sent that text and the message went out, 
he never stopped stop breathing again. The church held a prayer meeting on his behalf. And I felt God say to me personally, he's like, everything you have built into, everything that you have loved, everything you have sweat over and loved over these people and truly cared has all just flown back onto you. It's not just about me that was building in, but I received the benefit of being a part of the body. After I've shared all these benefits, is there any surprise what the devil goes for? It's like classic. He goes for relationships. We need not be surprised. I actually preach a message in my church, which is called Expect Poo. We need to expect poo when it comes to relationships building in church because the devil wants to dismantle. Because I've just given you five very simple, not really had to dig too deep benefits of being a part of the body. So do you need to expect challenges. Anticipate challenges with being built in because it is the best position you can be in as a believer is being built into the body. So we're going to come up against challenges. Proverbs 14.4, the Passion Translation says it this way. This is my scripture for the expect poo message. Um, The only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. The only problem-free church is a people-free church. But if we want to have the advancement of the kingdom of God, if we want to really put our hand to the plough for what God's called us to do, we need to expect the challenges and expect the poo. When something comes in, just go, I see this. This is so obvious. When you see that the enemy is trying to make you be cut off from the body, it actually puts your heart in a different mode. You stop being offended and you think, oh, I'm not, this isn't going to get to me. I'm going to bunker down and hang on. Steve Murrell puts it this way, discipleship is relationship and relationship's not easy. I probably say it once a week <laughs> to my staff. I say all the time, discipleship's relationship and just relationship's not easy. A natural family, the role of a natural family is to raise children up. If we think about a family, a baby is born, the role is that we're going to see that child grow up, stand up on its own two feet and contribute well to society. That's the heart of parents. We want to raise our children up that they would grow up and we wouldn't be Black Hawk parents and stay involved in their lives forever. Um, But we'd see them go and, and, and be grown up. But the role, if we've got this example of a family, if we're called to be the family of God, We're called to raise disciples, to raise people up from infants within their faith. And I'm going to talk a bit more about this tonight at the 4pm, that we raise people up through the stages of maturity. If you consider yourself wise within this house, if you consider yourself mature within your faith, your role within this family is to be raising up disciples. If you, if you are not, a part of that process, but you say, I'm a wise, mature Christian, but you're not building and raising children. The role of the wise and the mature, the parents and the elders is to raise up children. You may not have natural children, but my goodness, the Lord is going to give you children in the faith. He's going to give you people to raise up and to speak life into. That is our role as the family of God, is to raise up disciples Neurotheology, which I've been studying a lot, which is brain science and theology, just agreeing with each other pretty much. That's my simple terms. Is that everything the Bible says, everything they're learning about the brain and how we mature agrees with the Bible. No surprises there because God has perfectly designed us. But the definition of joy 
within neurotheology is someone is glad to be with me. Their eyes light up when I'm in their presence. That's the need of an infant is to have a parent, a caregiver, just look at them and be like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be with you. That's actually their need at infancy. But when we're an infant in faith, that's what we need. Imagine just how simple is that, that your face lights up when someone comes into church. It's actually a powerful thing. You are showing them the face of God. We know the face of God shines upon us. We're reflecting the face of God. I'm glad to be with you because God's glad to be with you. And I saw myself mature because people were glad to be with me even when I was at my worst. And that's what a family really looks like. If, um, point two. It's the slow build. It's a slow build. Do we have anyone in the building industry, architects? No one? No? No one's in the building industry? That's right. I'm saying, yeah. Oh, that was a very non-committal. Okay. My husband's not... Well, I just feel free to talk about it now because no one's going to think I'm wrong. Um, but... My husband's an architect and I learned everything I know about the building industry from Grand Designs. I loved watching Grand Designs any, from any nation. He doesn't really talk much about building. But what I know in our area, we have crazy developments going on, heaps of units going up. Every street will have a new house being built. And what I can't believe is the, how slow the process is of the foundations, how long it takes for foundations to go down deep. And if it's really going to be built well, which we appreciate, that Australia has a standard of building, that there is Australian standard building code. We're blessed because of that, but it's a slow build. It takes time to really build something well and safely. But one thing that I have learned, two things, sorry, that I've learned from Grand Designs when it comes to building is it always takes longer than you think it's going to take and it always costs you more. Than, it think, than you think it's going to. And everyone who's ever built a house is like, yes and amen. You go over budget. You think you've got your budget sorted out and you will definitely go over budget. And you think that it's going to take one year and it takes two years because building anything that is worth building and that is significant and is built well, it's a slow build. There is no quick builds when it comes to the kingdom of God. In our area, we have some companies that house flip and you just think, oh my gosh, six months and we've just had a, like a brand new house and the finishes look incredible. They look high end, they look beautiful, but really the foundations have been rushed. And because my husband being in the building trade and hearing them talk about these companies, they've rushed through the process and there's massive cracks. After a year, there's cracks in the foundations, things have not been put in properly because there's just no such thing as a quick build if we're really going to build something of significance and when it comes to the kingdom of God and when it comes to the family of God it's a slow build how long does it take to build what the Bible calls is deep spirited friendships it takes a long time it takes a long time to build a true, true friendship. It takes more than 15 minutes after a service. It even takes more than a connect group. It takes being in people's lives. It takes truly building family. You want to rush it, we will build with superficial, superficial materials that won't stand a storm. I mean, there's so much in the script, scriptures about this. I could go all sorts of ways, like, you know. Don't build your house on the sand. There's just lots of ways, but I don't have time to go all there. But you build superficially, relationally, 
And when you hit troubled water, you wonder why it all falls down. You wonder why it all falls down. The deep spirit of friendships is a slow build. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 15 talks specifically about this. I've gone with the message again. Or put it another way, you are God's house. Using the gift God gave me as a good architect, I design blueprints. Apollos is putting up the walls. Let each carpenter come on the job, take care to build on the foundation. And this is, we know this, but it's important because sometimes we rush ahead past God. Remember, there's only one foundation that is already laid and that is Jesus Christ. Take particular care in picking your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an inspection. And if you use cheap, inferior materials, you'll be found out. The inspection will be thorough and rigorous, but you won't get by without a thing. If your work passes the inspection, fine. But if it doesn't, parts of the building are going to be torn out and started over again. Have you been through that process spiritually? I have. I have. You won't be torn out. You'll still survive, but just barely. You realise, don't you, that you are the temple of God and God himself is present in you. Thank you, Jesus. No one will get by with vandalising God's temple. You can be sure of that. God's temple is sacred and you, remember, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we try to rush the work of God, we're just going to, that classic Christian statement, go back around the mountain again <laughs> until we do it properly. You, if you know that you need healing or breakthrough, or if God's saying you won't move forward until you forgive this person and you think I'll just avoid that <laughs> and I'll just go ahead and look like I'm moving forward. If God's spoken to you about something, it's going to be quicker to deal with it and move forward because there is no quick builds when it comes to the kingdom of God. He is t- it's taking shape day by day for us internally and then as, as well us being built in to the holy temple of God. It doesn't happen overnight. We share the highs and the lows. We go above and beyond. It's a lifetime of sowing. It's just a lifetime committed to the family. We sign up for a lifetime of building family. Joel Kaminsky, who's a guy who does lots of um, small group building, I love his stuff on small groups. I really believe in it. I've been discipled through being in connect groups, small groups, life groups, call it what you will, a small group of people because you can't know everybody <laughs> and you can't be best friends with Daz and Bron. It's just not possible for them to be best friends with everybody. But you know what? You can be known and you can know others and you are all actually able to disciple each other. And so he says, living as a family means we don't limit our interactions to an allotted time frame. A class doesn't do, a class does that, a family doesn't. Can you imagine saying to your kids, I'll give you one hour this week, that's our family time, (laughs) but then the rest of my week is for myself. But I've given you that window and we're going to really build and bond in that one hour. It's not how families do life together. So if we've been called to do family life, you can't predict when a family is going to interact. There's going to be emergencies and there's going to be celebrations. There's going to be lots. I'm going to pop in. I'm going to build life. Truly, I just spat, everyone saw it. Being in everybody's, being building the house of God, it's a slow build. It will always take longer than you think and it'll always cost more than you think. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I want to be a part of the family of God, but I would just wish someone would build. I wish someone would 
call me. I want those deep relationships. I did this like face before because you can think, yeah, that's what I want, but I don't have that here. We're all called to build in. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, but I actually believe introverts are some of the best builders and disciplers. My husband is an introvert and he is the best discipler. He just is so incredible at building people's lives. So it doesn't matter about your personality. We're all called to build just as we are. Wise people are builders. Proverbs 14 says a woman builds her home, but a fully, oh, sorry, not just any woman, a wise woman. A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. I re- I've, that scripture has brought conviction into my life when it's my own family and the family of God. Wisdom builds, and that counts for men and women. Wisdom builds foolishness tears down and we build with our words and we tear down as well with our words and our actions and just have the heart to is this building is this building the body or am I helping the devil out tearing it down wisdom builds proverbs 24 3 to 6 says wise people are builders they build families businesses communities and through intelligence and insights their enterprises are established and endured Because of their skilled leaderships and hearts of people are filled with treasures and wisdom. If you feel you are maturing your faith, as I've already said, you've been called to build. Wise people are builders of the body. Craig Groeschels says, We often overestimate what we'll do in the short term and underestimate what we'll do in a lifetime of faithfulness. We've been leading the church for three years now, which doesn't feel like very long. But I really set my heart for the long term. I build for eternity. I have in my heart, not the short term. Often we think, oh God, you're going to do this and that. And we really feel a stirring. We think we're going to see this happen. But it takes longer than what we think. But a life planted, a life planted in the house of God is a sight to behold. We know this of the tree. We have trees in our backyard at church and I was there when they were planted and they were little. And now they're standing strong and massive and they are a sight to behold. We are called to be a tree planted along the riverbed where our roots go down deep and our, and our leaves produce fruit in and out of season. That's what a lifetime of faithfulness looks like. It doesn't happen quickly. Go again, keep on building. What's it going to cost? It's going to cost you picking up your cross. It's going to cost you forgiving people. It's going to cost you to love your enemies. It's going to cost you to give time to people who will not realise what a treasure your time is. It's going to cost more than you think it will, but it's worth it because we're building for eternity. Because you can't take any of your treasures with you to heaven. But you know what you can take is the people that we've built into the kingdom of God. That's what we take. That's why what we build is significant. That's why it's worth building again. I just want to encourage you. I just have a quick story about my husband, Felix, because I think we can get so discouraged really easily when we think, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Pastor Lou said build, I'm going to do that this week. And it doesn't take five weeks, six weeks. He wanted to gather a group of dads to have a connect group and no one would come. 
So he said, I'm going to do a, a breakfast. It wasn't even a connect group. It was a lack of faith connect group. Um, we're going to have breakfast once a month. I'll tell you where I am and I'm going to be there no matter what. And he committed his heart to show up if one person showed up or 10 people showed up. And he just faithfully showed up every month for one year. And then the next year he tried to launch the connect group. No one wanted to come. So he said, all right, we're back at breakfast. We're just going to once a month. And I released him to go. And sometimes I would even think, is this worth it? And then after the second year, he was able to launch a fortnightly connect group with three guys. And one of them hated worship and would try to hijack the meetings so that there was no worship. So it was like, it was a rough start. It wasn't like your three Holy Spirit fire guys. It was like, it was a rough start. I don't even know how many years that group went on. But it's been over the last decade and now we have like six connect groups, mums groups, dads groups, but it's still hard and it's still the slow build. But over time, it has multiplied. But these people who had babies back when we started, their kids are all just going to high school next year. And they're about to step into one of the hardest seasons, probably. I haven't had teenagers. And they're connected to the body. And they're built into the body. But if he'd given up, those people would not be found in the house of God today. I want you to commit yourself, my third point, to being to the building process. Being built in. 1 Peter 2, 4-5 calls you a living stone. You're a living stone. And as we are being built in, and when they built the old temple of God, they got the stones and they rubbed them up against each other. They were so tightly together that you couldn't even slip a piece of paper next to it. But what was, that's a pretty brutal process. Sometimes you've got the rough edges that need to be rubbed off and sometimes you're a part of helping somebody else rub, rub off their rough edges. But so, oh my gosh, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile committing yourself to the, to the building process because I'm going to be built in and have all the benefits of the body. And then finally, we find our function and our purpose by being built in. We'd really be in a lot of trouble if one stone, well, I know it's like not real bricks, but if stones that, bricks that are a part of this fireplace or a part of a building, they just decide to go off and do their own thing. They actually find their function and purpose by being built in. That's where we find our function, our purpose and our calling. Community is not a cliche pastors use hoping to build a big church. It's just where we find what's we're called to do. It's where we find our function and our purpose. In the body of Christ, there is no lone rangers. I think about my big toe and I think it's just would be the creepiest thing on its own. If it just went rogue, wanted to have its own life away from me, I'd say good luck, big toe. You're nothing without me. No, not really. <laughs> But it's just like, but on my body, it makes sense. It's meant to be there. It was created to be there. And when all the parts of the body are connected together, we find our function and our purpose and our movement in Him and together. And it's worth fighting for. You were born to belong. Benefits of being in the body. Oh. James says, when we confess our sins and our faults and our failures to each other, we receive healing. It's another body benefit right there. 
I've said the resources and we fulfill the Great Commission when we're a part of the body. We make disciples. This isn't about a program and classes. This is about the family of God and inviting others into it because it's what they were created for. And they're going to find their purpose and their function being built into the body too. Don't be discouraged in doing good. Building anything great and of substance takes time. And I just actually love the heart, the heart of this house and just knowing your roots and where you started. You started this way. And these people in this church have a heart to build. And as you continue to go out, I want you to just remember that it's the slow build. It's going to cost more than you think it will. It's going to take longer than you think it will. But it's worth it because we're building for eternity. Love builds. Just ask you to just close your eyes and bow your heads. Before I do an invitation to salvation, I just want to encourage some of you in this room that something's just begun to stir with this message. And you actually have a a multiplication gift on your life, but you've been discouraged in the small. And you've actually are called to produce great things. And and the Word of God to you this morning is do not despise small beginnings because you've dropped stuff that was going to multiply. You just needed to have the heart for the long build, the long haul. And that this morning, as you open your heart again, to go again and build again, that you're going to have an eternal perspective that you're not going to look at the short term anymore. You're going to look at a lifetime of faithfulness. You're going to know that being built in is what you're called to do, no matter how long it takes to see what God's put in your heart. But if you're here this morning, I don't know everybody. I don't know where you're at. But I know myself as a 15-year-old at a Christian camp and someone asked me, had I made the decision to follow Jesus? And I told them all my parents were Christians. And they said, oh, that's nice. Have you made a decision? And I was offended because I thought that made me a Christian. My parents being Christians. But we all need to make a decision ourselves. Have you made that decision this morning? Have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Maybe you need to make a recommitment. And you've heard that prayer asked before, but you know that that's you this morning. You've almost had Jesus as a peripheral, as someone that you used to know someone you used to have a relationship with and you think it's going to be awkward when you reconnect but it's actually going to be pick up right where you left off if that's you this morning you need to make that decision with every head bowed and eye closed I'd love to pray for you this morning I'd love to pray for you I actually went and visited a man who's very unwell on Thursday and he prayed for you unwell in his bed and he said I pray for souls this weekend for people to receive Jesus you've been prayed for already if you want to make that decision I'm going to count to three and I want you to put your hand up one two three awesome thank you I see that hand thank you Jesus is there anyone else thank you I see that hand bless you oh excellent I see that hand. Thank you. You can put that down. Praise God. Praise God. 
we're all going to pray together out loud for those precious people that have responded to Jesus this morning. And that this is a holy moment and just ask all the believers to pray out loud with me as well as they pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I repent of going my own way. I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Come, fire God, fall right now and fill those people that responded. Lord God, I pray that this week that the sky seems bluer. Lord God, I pray that everything that they look at, that they will see Your hand. I pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to fall upon them right now. I pray for anything that has come against them will fall and that they will realise no weapon formed against them will prosper. In Jesus' Name, we pray favour, we pray strength and we pray the long haul journey over their life. And I pray for multiplication over their salvation in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.